Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, DGENs and DGENettes to another episode of the Alfalfa Podcast. We are four radically moderate entrepreneurs and investors swimming in the messy gray ocean, serving up alpha in money, politics, and life. We are Nick Urbani, Eric Johansson, Stephen Cesaro, and I am Armand Asadi. All links at alfalfapod.com. Make sure to hit subscribe wherever you are listening or watching on YouTube and follow us on the socials. And most importantly, hop in our Discord to join the community for the after party and more alfalfa. Oh, I'm going to make a lot if everything goes right on the on the wolf game thing. Can you, can Maybe you I'll buy play. one for Rumi? Yeah. If you make take the take the wolf game profit, might be the last chance to own a full punk. I I might I think I, I love that. I would I absolutely that. keep pushing that narrative. I would absolutely buy so. one yeah. for twenty. Yeah, hundred percent. I want the whole narrative to just be ridiculous. Like you guys literally bought JPEGs for yeah thousands of dollars. It makes it morons. more valuable. And then and then that's when I come in and be like, oh, yeah, I, I did like these punks. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, yeah, the 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 best line is like. That's when you find out how how scarce ten thousand actually is when a hundred thousand millionaires want mm-hmm. a punk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's what I'm hoping will eventually happen. Was the stuff about um, Jay Bhattacharya in these recent files, by the way? Because um, I, I, I he like was. It, uh, I feel like that's a big thing we should. I think that was in version one. Too. That one was kind of scary to me. That was super so, scary. That was one of the scariest things about it. But I don't remember us talking about it. Before we get to these files, yes. yeah. before we get to these files, I want to know how your sleep score is, Stephen. I don't check it. It just, it just you, makes you, me feel bad about myself. But you the have time. the cooling on all the time? Is your tracker? Is your tracker working? My tracker? Yeah. Are you getting a score? Is there a score in there? Uh, I, No, I don't look at it. All I care about is that I wake up feeling good. Okay, so are you sleeping well? Um, no. <laughs> Relatively? No. Relatively? Just return the thing. But, but I would be to sleeping. To return your eight sleep, Use code alfalfa. <laughs> the fact that I'm sleeping at all is, is, a, is a miracle, honestly. Uh-huh. Miracle. Did you increase the temperature at all because it's just so much colder now and it's winter? Like, no, did it, you find yourself no it, like, it increases it automatically. Like, I haven't had to adjust it. Yeah, I was wondering how to do that. Actually, is uh, the uh, is that the autopilot? I don't know. I honestly said it like a, a year ago, and it's just been good ever since. And I haven't even touched it. I never, I barely ever even open the app, except when I want to put on the alarm. That's how I wake up. I wake up with the vibration. Oh, it's like an unbelievable. That's a feature you people don't up, know about. You wake up with a yeah. gentle little. You can literally did you guys like know a little that? warm. Oh, so no alarm you. clock. So first of yeah, all, like some best. people want to wake up in warmth or cold. We talked about that, right? But the alarm clock is the entire pad just starts slightly vibrating, and you can set the amount of vibration one to ten. Like mine's at like a four. A four will like gently wake me up. No sound. No nothing. I just start like waking up to a little vibration and I'm like, I'm up. So question for you. I used to use this app called Sleep Cycle and the way it would I loved work. It. I used it for like five years. Yeah, yeah. So you would pick a time frame, a range of like 15 to 20 minutes when you want to get waken up and you'd have to put the phone on your bed and it would sense when you're in deep sleep based yes, on your body. I used to have that app so and I loved it. My question is, does it, does it essentially do that? Um, yeah. But yeah. like way more in tune. Oh, yeah. Okay. It tries to wake you up like not in the middle of one of those nasty cycles where you just. It's a 30 minute window. Okay. That's great. I got another question. Okay. You said you sleep uh, on your stomach. I'm an A sleep ambassador. But you sleep on your stomach. You ever think about turning that dial up to about a nine? 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> In the middle of the night. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a bad way to get woke up. Wow, if you're like, uh, you got some female parts, that could be interesting. Could but be uh, I mean, think about it. Your life starts, you know, with no alarm clock, no abrupt awakening, a gentle buzzing on your that's nice undersides that's nice anyway that's, that's when you know life's good All that's right. enough out of eight sleep um wait, wait, use recording? our code though yeah we can oh, use God. that we can use that um we'll keep we'll a, just roll right from here I need yeah use our code alfalfa and uh links below so let's get to these files the files the twitter files so we talked about files one zero through 1.5 right mm-hmm. yeah and we've got new rounds of files i think the most important thing to start with is just why does this matter why is it important to pay attention to this? I think most people are fascinated, are interested, but there are people that still don't understand, like, what is really the the crux of, like, the matter here? What's the situation? Why should I be motivated or inspired to put mental energy toward understanding this at all? Um, Nick, do you have a good I mean, I'll, feeling there? I'll give a shot there? at it. I mean, like, the Twitter files three through five are particularly about the president of the United States. However you feel about them, that is an important context and how this person got deplatformed, how his message um, got evaporated. And maybe as Stephen will, will, will go through the little bit of the details, um, not in violation of any specific rules. But I think there's some other reasons why. Um, Mike Solana wrote this really great article called The Fifth Estate. So if you think about the three parts of the government, the four of the states, the media, he's saying this fifth estate is this smaller group of people that maybe controls what gets published through the fourth estate. And his point is that this group is, it's tough to control. It's tough to measure. It's tough to know when they're doing things. And its impact is difficult to predict. I don't think anyone would have predicted that it might've influenced, you know, a leader of, of the United States. Um, but I would take it one further. Um, you know, Twitter, I think, and we probably argue about this a little bit, is an example of when people just make up ton of fucked up mistakes where there's not necessarily malicious intent to overthrow anyone necessarily. And this is probably the point we may debate a little bit. Um, but you know, it could happen to, to, to the next party. It could happen when Elon is in, is in charge and you, you take it away from Twitter. I mean, what about TikTok? I looked at the U S users, U S users in, in on Twitter is about 80 million. It's also 80 million on TikTok. And there could be this fifth estate happening in TikTok, but in this article, Mike Solana mentions you don't know the CEO of TikTok. He he keeps his mouth shut for a reason. And so this is happening in other places. And to what extent and to what ways we can't really predict because it's very opaque. And so um, I think it's important for us to at least understand the dynamics. And I think also it's relevant to crypto because maybe we'll talk about it a little later. There is a different way of doing this, of architecting this type of technology and and using it much differently, which kind of potentially gets rid of the fifth estate. Mm. So I don't know, that's, that's my kind of like two so cents. Trump got banned off of so many platforms, but was TikTok one of them? Just out of curiosity. Huh? I, don't think, question. I don't think he was on TikTok. He wasn't been on it. Would have yeah. been weird yeah. since he was like advocating for the ban of TikTok. Ooh, it's good a, point. Yeah. China. Yeah. 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 But it happened all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Trump, Trump's had, Trump advocated for a lot of stuff that in retrospect is looking kind of based and <laughs> it's going to kind of come back around. Um, I also did a lot of incredibly stupid crap. Um, I, I don't think anybody here is like an enormous like Trump fan. Um, but I, I think all of us were kind no. of 
like ugh, when he was I don't I don't know was everybody here kind of did everybody here feel icky when Trump got banned or were some I'm of you guys zero like, percent cool Trump fan and I was extremely upset when he got banned. Yeah, so I remember. Both of those things can be true. We we jumped on a, a clubhouse. Remember uh, my, uh, yeah, we did a clubhouse. And remember my post yeah, you did a on post Instagram that, that like, got out there? Oh, I remember that. Yeah, was yeah a lot of that hate. like really got a lot out of hate there. in the comments. Yeah, we did a, we did yeah. a clubhouse where we talked about this this banning at the time where, where he got deplatformed. And I remember asking like, what what did he actually violate in the in the Twitter terms and conditions? And I think that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt the same way. Like when this happened, I, I felt like I was just, standing around like guys like did you see what's happening here right like this is this is really this is really bad and people were like wow you like trump you like and it's just like no it's not about no, trump it's the about two this things it's about like the standards we're setting up it's about like the system we're creating that we sort of all have to like live in for maybe you know the better part of forever and what <laughs> what is what are the first principles of what we're doing and like how is this going to have like effects down the road that can be turned back on us. And like, sometimes people just, they're so freaking like myopic with this stuff. They just like only see exactly what's there in front of them. Like, this is good. I like this. And, and they, they don't see like the, the doors that have been opened. And yeah, it can be used against the, the political party that you have a proclivity to. Yeah. Which is, which is like, imagine be, if Obama got, got yeah. fucking muted by like, then people would be fucking up in arms. You guys are describing radical, moderate thinking, like being able to hold those two things is true at one time is very difficult, but like, it's a small group of people that we are. And I think represent in general, and it's growing. That's the coolest part about this. I really feel like, this way of thinking is growing the ability to say like, yeah, I was not a fan of the guy, but uh, from a principles perspective, this is the incorrect move and bad for society. And we have to protect his access to the platforms. They're the most important media platforms in the world. Like, anyway, we're going to dig into it. Yeah. So can you maybe let's like super TLDR. Yeah, because what's I the most like damning Anybody who's really interested in this should read all of the stuff. There's screenshots of convos, like hundreds of, of tweets. With Donald himself? Um, a lot of just screenshots from the inner Slack channel of Twitter. And oh, the like Twitter seeing, employees. Yeah, and you're seeing them communicate on everything. And it's it's kind of fascinating slash scary in certain spots. So I, I would encourage people to not rely on what we're saying, but like go um, read it. But like... The basic super high level TLDR is that like Twitter employees are they're wildly lefty. I know Schellenberger said that it was 99 percent of the donations from Twitter went to the Democratic Party. Um, We can argue about whether that's like a preference falsification thing or like there are R's there, but they don't feel like sticking their neck out. Um, But like it's overwhelmingly liberal place, obviously. And that's evidence in the the Slack conversation as well. It's clear that a bunch of employees were like wanting to ban Trump for a while. And there was frequent discussion about how they couldn't because he didn't really do anything. And it seems like ultimately they sort of just invented their own policy slash um, just really went outside the box and 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 did just molded everything to be, they, they ultimately banned Trump um, for some perceived like, oh, well, this is in the context of the, uh, oh, the last four years of stuff he's been tweeting. It, it was basically just like they, they tried to like make all these rules. Like at one point they were making just rule after rule after rule after rule. And then it got so complicated trying to police all the speech and everything. And they're just like, none of this makes sense. Like, fuck it. We just don't like them. Basically it was, it was the kind of conclusion to this. Um, the, the, the real scary thing about this was like reading all the conversations with like uh, Yoel Roth, who was the, um, 
uh, was official title, the head of safety or something. Um, this guy had like an incredible amount of power. Like he, and he's obviously did not like Trump. Obviously a very left guy just from his own tweets, from his conversations. Um, and it's very callous at certain points. Like they're talking about banning uh, another guy and, and he's like, ah, we're going to do this. Cause people are going to be like, wow, wow, censorship, you know? And I was just like, it's so flippant about like the power they were wielding. And there, there's very little self-reflection. I mean, I, I think Taibi pointed out like one lower level person who was kind of in the channel, like, uh, Hey, um, we thinking about some of the ramifications of what we're doing at a high level. But for the most part, it was just a bunch like a, little group of middle management employees without mostly the knowledge of Jack. And we can argue, talk about later how much like of this is on, on Jack, but like mostly this was a bunch of left-leaning middle management people who kind of got together and just decided they wanted to do this thing. Like this was for the good of the world and there wasn't any real reason to do it with, even with their own policies. And they sort of just made it happen and, you know, kind of thought that nobody would ever see this, I guess. There's there's talk that some of the testimony that was given in front of Congress is now is clearly going to be, you know, lying under oath because it's directly contradicted by a lot of this. Like a lot of the shadow banning stuff is clearly a thing. And that was you know, they're gaslighting the fuck out of that, us with that. I remember on when uh, Vijaya Gade was on Joe Rogan's podcast. We don't get we we don't shadow ban. We don't shadow ban. And Tim Pool, who's a you know commentator on Twitter, was sitting there being like, what? Right. <laughs> like it's like everybody knew it was a thing. And, like, and, not, and if you go in the Twitter files and look at the screenshots, there are internal screenshots of the, the kind of admin view of people's profiles. And you see the tags they are not named shadow ban, but it's like, do not amplify a search ban. So if you wanted to search for people, they wouldn't yeah. show up in search. I mean, they had literally seven different flavors. Of that shadow happened ban. to me once on Instagram. Yeah. Oh, after yeah, the Trump that. post. I remember that. You like mm-hmm. couldn't find the post. You couldn't find me. Yeah. Search ban. Yeah. I mean, Search there's a couple band. other things that just, I'll just throw one other thing that stood out to me. And then I want to ask some kind of broader questions, but like um, they started labeling Trump's tweets, which is already mm-hmm. getting kind of sketchy in context to them. And um, at one point, like James Woods quote tweeted Trump being like, Hey, uh, Twitter is suppressing this tweet by the president. Here's a screen grab. That's what he tweeted. And then people in the Slack channels in response to this tweet were like talking about how to get James Woods. And they were literally like, we can't get him from this for this tweet, but we'll get him for something later. Yeah, I, think, I think it was specifically strikes. we'll hit him hard yeah, we'll on hit him something hard when he like, something, yeah. if he trips up in the future, we'll make sure to hit him hard. That is so bad. So bad. That's it means so it, bad. It means that like they're like this super powerful Couldn't platform. Be more, yeah. There's a couple people with like these petty sort of disagreements in their mind. They're not petty in their mind. They're like fighting for these grandiose ideals, I'm sure. But they're like wielding this massive power and they're basically like 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 schoolyard girls like you know we'll get her next time we'll get like it's 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 unbelievable it, and, it's very scary to me like reading through this and for me as a as a business owner there are certain things that you definitely have process about you have them written down that's like a almost like a flow chart of decision making that you go through um and this is like almost like a complete absence of that it's it's an it's like a negotiation a, a chat amongst a, a small group of people and that one should have been like a clear, does it? Yes or no? Yeah. You no, know, because these people aren't operating a business. They're operating their own emotions and there's an identity they have to uphold. 
And everyone on that platform that goes against that narrative and that identity that they represent is the enemy. And so they come together and get excited, almost like a sporting event. Like, how do we maintain control and take down our enemies? That's like, that's exactly what the conversation reads like. So we all agree here. I don't think we're going to get any uh, dissent from any of us for on this topic. But I want to throw out something like Elon. Throw a bomb in there. Just just like (laughs) as a a hypothetical, right? Like because. Nick's talking about as a business owner, right? Like Elon owns this business now. Yeah. What if Elon makes a unilateral decision as a business owner to deplatform somebody? Like, do, do you allow that? Because there's like a, a libertarian freedom view or it's like, well, this is your company. Hmm? Does who allow it? Do we allow do we, Elon? The users allow Elon to make a unilateral decision on his business to deplatform somebody based on his own uh, opinions like we just described how like these these uh, employees didn't like somebody like is that different I don't well know. I think it's his business in that sense it's like, like Jack abdicated those decisions he he even said I, I was pieced out like oh, I didn't really I, care bullshit. actually I think what you're saying is a good thing point. I want to dive bullshit. into this a little bit there's a very common retort like so one of the things about this whole thing is that it drives me nuts is like everybody on the left with this issue is suddenly becomes like a real big corporatist oh yeah you yeah. know it's just like Ah, it's private business. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, really? Yeah. Is, is, is that your position on it? Like I could just dump sludge into the river and we don't need regulate. It's, it's such a stupid argument. Like at least be intellectually consistent. Like, so that drives me nuts. Like I don't believe that businesses should be able to do whatever the hell they want because they're private entities. It doesn't make sense. Um, yeah. So but it, first let's compare yeah. yeah, the situation that Jack um, sort of like ran this company under as a public company versus the situation Elon's running it under, which is a, private company. Uh, you mentioned maybe we could get to this, but it feels like the right time. I think that's such bullshit. This whole thing that like Jack has nothing to do with it. That, that to me is like such a, uh, the buck always stops with that person. That is the CEO of the company. <laughs> he never heard about it. He yeah. never yeah. heard about the fucking, Look at, it's, this is, this is the exact same thing as saying that Sepp Blatter, the president of FIFA had nothing to do with the corruption going on. <laughs> no, it's not. No, no, <laughs> yes, it is. I believe Jack, Jack, he spent like the last three years, like tanning his balls with the monks in Mongolia. Like I totally believe like he had no idea what was going on. He's monks. running another, he was with he's running another company <laughs> like with the, the blah, like, I, you I think really, he just sat back and watched all this happening and was like, are, yeah, I don't mind it. I don't do you, mind any of this. Whatever you guys think. Here's his reason. So he, he gives some principles and he quote says, the Twitter when I let it and the Twitter of today did not meet any of those principles. Uh, this is my fault alone as I completely gave up pushing for them when an activist entered our stock in 2020. I no longer had the hope of achieving any of it as a public company with no defense mechanisms. Lack of dual class shares being a key one. I planned my exit at the moment knowing I was no longer right for the company. So that's his, uh, just to interject his kind of like take on it, why he peaced out, didn't why care. Why he peaced out, but like all of this built for so I've, long. I read that there. with authenticity. I, I, I can like, I can hear his genuine sort of Well, I appreciate there's accountability, there. at least in it. Yeah. And like, I, I, I think like you guys have been in the situation where you're like running a business that, that you're no longer like making real decisions on. You're just like, fuck it. This is well, your, your that's fair, but I'm being garbage to be down. clear about the timeline. Yeah. Like in, in this most recent part and the part that he's addressing there. Yeah. But he was there for a long time, actively running this company. And there were still issues just like this at that time. And certainly he could have and voiced he his opinion seeding. against it uh, publicly yes. as well. If he actually in didn't many ways. like it. Yeah. He's so. obviously checked out. And like, I, I, I want to like clarify, like I, I do think Jack is at fault for this, like for sure. 
But I also think it's possible that he could be at fault and also just so aloof and absent that maybe he was like sort of not entirely aware of the full breadth of what was going on here. Like, I like to think like if he was really reading all this, he'd yeah. be like, all right, no, all right, guys, stop. That's 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 bad. But it, it kind of makes sense. That he? He's like over it. I delegated. I want to work on this other thing. I want to like grow my beard out. Did and, he post any of these taint tanning photos? He implied it with his tie-dye shirt. I, I, it was, it's obviously implied. <laughs> right. Obviously implied. Just making sure no yeah. one else is trying to carve that niche. <laughs> yeah. okay. So that, that part of the internet is yours, brother. Okay. Good. <laughs> so you, I think you said there's no distinction that needs to be made between whether Twitter is a private or a publicly I didn't say that. held company, right? Or, or do you, you no. think there is? You, so you think yeah. Twitter as a private company should be treated differently than Twitter as a public company? I mean, yeah, just by nature, we just well, said. how how so? Should be treated different by who? Uh, let's say in terms of regulating what can and can't be said on the platform. That's a good question. <laughs> now we're asking regulatory questions about how private companies with this level of responsibility should be treated. I don't know. Well, I want you to. I don't want to get into the minutia of like the the legal and the regulatory. I want you to tell me like how you think the world should be. Just I think like you get to a certain point. Yeah, you get to a certain point where the product or service that you've created is so powerful that it has to fall under some sort of regulatory guidance. I'm zero percent regulatory like expertise guy, but I think that um, what we have at Twitter is the one of the most powerful platforms in the world for publishing opinion. And when you have a situation like what happened at this company, when you have a bunch of very left-leaning people that are very cult-like, by the way, in these organizations, extremely cult-like, like the kid that probably sent that Slack message that was like, uh, excuse me, probably got fucking bitch slapped, sent home and never talked to again, like yeah. for real. So th- this is that from guy your expertise a of, as a former Silicon Valley guy. That's I one part I can say I have experience. Credentials. And, and I can and I can just say, like, it, it, it is terrifying to ever speak up in an environment like that. And I think we already hit this in the last episode. I kind of addressed that. Mm-hmm. So, okay, somebody tried to address it. It just shows how unbelievably impossible it is. These organizations run like cults. And whether they're private or public, they have a lot of power. So what are we as not only users, but the public supposed to do when this organization controls Think about the level of power that this organization has. This organization has the power to make a revolution successful or not. This organization has the power to silence a president of our country or not. This organization has the power to make an opposition power that they support more successful than the sitting president or not. The list could go on and on and on and on and on. What we're ultimately addressing here is the power to shape the collective narrative of society. So if that is the power, something has to happen here. Some conversation has to happen. And it is unfortunate that the founders of these companies never intended for this to happen. But the real reality is when you sit down and you have that kind of visionary stance like a Jack does of building the Twitter of the future. And yes, you iterate and evolve to get there. And yes, you didn't initially start out with that intention. But as you start going and you start seeing like, holy shit, I could have this like public square where any person of all levels of influence has the ability to speak directly one on one to any other human being in the world. There's a gateway. So it's like opposite of Facebook, right? Facebook was like. I have a conversation with me and my friends in a closed circle, right? Or like maybe you decide to build a public page, but even then it's like leaving comments on your wall. Tweeting at somebody is very personal. So, wow, I've developed a platform that allows you to do that. Well, now you have to face the facts. This is extreme amount of power. So what are we going to do? And what is that person going to do? 
I'm sure that it went through Jack's mind. I'm sure that he thought about what he had created. And I think that to just step back and say, like, it is what it is, is actually soft and weak. I think the entire thing is weak and it lacks. Uh, I guess you're saying there was a good accountability there, but I think. But you could still make the case that at the time, maybe his actions were weak. I think if any one of you were in that position, you'd be like, holy fuck, what have I created? Oh, my God. I have to voice my opinion on this. I have to use all the power I have to make sure this happens the right way because this thing is literally shaping our reality. Or I would at least say this shit has gotten out of out of my control. It is yeah, it is no longer true. in my control. Like I would at least voice my opinion that like, hey, look, I don't have the power anymore. On the platform. It's like over and I'm over not again. making the decisions here. Yes. I, I'll go back to the regulation side and, I, and I'll say like between the public and private thing, like my interpretation of, of regulation is that like nobody ever goes in expecting to get regulated. Like it just happens to you when you reach a certain size, like the robber barons in, of the previous generation, like they didn't want to get regulated. Oh, now I'll go public. Now I'll get regulated. It just, it, it yeah, comes. That's a good, that's a good point. It, Why do we regulate? Is it, it's a size issue, right? Yes, it's a it's size, a size and, uh, impact. I would impact. say impact it's about issue. positively or negatively impacting things that are just outweighed. Right. It, Consequences uh, become enormous. Definitely. Yeah. And, and and I would say that that has nothing to do with public or private. You know, yeah. it's just like once this thing reaches a critical mass, then it, it probably needs to be regulated is, is like the view of the government. Yeah. yeah. Like if, if, if you are a like bleeding heart liberal out there, um, like I, I would love to know like how you could and you believe that Twitter can do whatever it wants. Like I, I would love to know how you justify that. Like how do you say Twitter can do whatever it wants, but we need to regulate banks. We need to regulate oil companies. We need to regulate like these production standards and like companies that produce food. We need to regulate all these things. But but Twitter, which is so huge in its reach, it's so like ubiquitous, such a critical. It's the only thing out there really for what it is. It, it's like sort of a monopoly in that sense. Right. As, as Armand said, it has the impact to affect the world like remember when remember when that twitter hack happened and like obama's account got hacked and all that stuff like mm-hmm. it, bad things could happen if that person didn't try to do something other than run a cryptocurrency scam right. like could have caused like actual death and chaos in the world like it's do you a think the powerful reason, platform. do you think the reason why it never reached that echelon is is the same reason why armand wasn't like a user of the platform it's like this was like the fifth social media in a hierarchy it's like you got Instagram, mm-hmm. you got Facebook, you got all these other ones. And it's like Twitter, eh, we don't even use that one. Like, just let that be down here. Like you, you even said yourself, like, mm-hmm. I don't even use Twitter. Like, yeah, for sure. More, more from pure overwhelm of like needing to well, set a line there's somewhere. There's all these other ones that yeah, we should regulate yeah, yeah. first. And then this right. thing's also existing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, like I, I would just, I, I would like to hear an argument for why, like, well, I, 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 this is the thing that's tilting me the most is like reading all the all the lefties coming out. No, there, saying, there's like, no conversation pri- there. Well, there's no conversation. There's nothing interesting. There's nothing interesting to learn. So you there. think that whole argument is just totally uh, it's, ridiculous? Come on, of course it's, it is. It's, it's just like it's because it's convenient to your point of view. That's he, it. There's he, nothing else a, to really look. Here's at a there. question we haven't seen from mainstream media and let's call it like uh, hard lefties. You know, they they mentioned that the Trump White House was also communicating with Twitter, but they haven't mentioned what requests were made, who made them. Also, were they answered? And were mm. things taken down? Were things removed? Were they removed from o- opposition of, of the other political party, you know, the political party? So, you know, if I'm on the other side, I want to know, okay, you know, you're showing cases of 
maybe a, a liberal focused group taking down conservatives. But is there a case of, of the alternative? Because you might want to bring that up and, and exploit oh, that. That fact. was an infuriating that question thing. is not being really asked for out of these files. Yeah. So, yeah. so the, the double standard thing is, is in the files here. Like they were slapping labels and misinformation stuff on every like right wing tweet related to elections. And there's like a tweet in here like that. Yeah. Uh, check with your local USPS, uh, find out when your mail invalid, but mostly vote ASAP. Trump and his new Amy Comey Barrett court is going to try to steal our votes. Like that was a tweet by a prompt. And then it gets slapped with a, Hey, this is like labeled. And then there's like a conversation in like the Slack where one of the guys is like, Hey, yo, why is there like a label on this? Isn't this like kind of true? And they're like, uh, yeah, this is like uh, understandable given like the sentiments about Amy Comey Barrett on the Supreme Court. So we should like remove the like understandable to who you like it's it's not misinformation because you agree with what they're saying. Like this is like the perfect like this is tweet number 42 from Matt Taibbi in this thread. It's like the, the perfect there- snapshot of like why you can't give like this closed group of untransparent humans this like crazy unchecked power. Has there been any like um, really bad corruption that's come to the surface? Like, obviously, this entire thing is corrupt. What I mean is incentives, you know, happening on one side, like a little bit of padding pockets, uh, money, favors, anything like well, that that's um, come to the surface? Th- there, there was something that I alluded to last one about um, there is a slight, ro- or I wouldn't say slight, there is a rotating door between the FBI and Twitter. Sure. And in general, um, you know, Silicon Valley. And because, you know, if you're moving up the FBI, you're working hard, you're doing hard work, but you're not getting paid that much. And just as politicians maybe exit to K Street and lobby, I think some of these people were like, wow, I could really get a job at Twitter and actually start cashing in. I mean, James, James mm-hmm. Baker, the uh, the former like special agent, uh, you know, became deputy uh, counsel at, at Twitter. That was just one of like over 10 examples of this. So maybe it wasn't like explicit, like quid pro quo, but it's like, Hey, I'll happily interface with Twitter and be the one feeding them information so that when the time comes, I got referrals, I got recommendations, I can get an interview and I can take my career from like, you know, an average salary to actually cash in on, on mm. what I've worked so hard in my life for. Mm, I guess my, my question here now is like, we've, we've all identified this wrongdoing, but what, what is your, in your opinion is like the, the right way to handle it. Like if you think it's regulation, how, how should it be regulated? You know, how should the government get involved? Or are you advocating for complete free speech uh, within the boundaries of uh, the U S law? Like how would, how would you choose then to like correct this action? So far, I mostly like the way Elon is handling it. I, I do. I, I think there's some big questions left. Like there's I, some features that he's highlighting more than others and things that need to be resolved. But it seems like they're taking an iterative approach to like solving this. He's so uh, good at marketing though. Like yeah, he's just, he he's just maximizing engagement on Twitter. He's leaking this out over time saying you have to publish on Twitter first. I think it's a, it's an engagement farming genius play the way to release it. I don't think it's optimal for trust I think secondarily good for trust, but not optimal for trust. I think they should list a list of like, who's every profile that's ever been shadow banned. Who's currently shadow banned. We they've taken requests from our government. Have they ever taken requests from a non U S government, mm-hmm. even Canada, yeah, Mexico allies, full non allies. Mm-hmm. And when they took requests from our government, which specific agencies did they take them from and why? And did they 
did they comply or not? And then I still think the question of like, did did the Trump administration make requests and were those answered? Like there, there's still I agree. a lot. We of have things. this like um, short to medium term thing to solve, which is to look at all the corruption that happened and bring it to the surface. Now, the way that they decide to do that is going to be left up to maximum engagement and you know marketing uh, <laughs> like hacks that that Elon and team are utilizing. But after that phase, to address your question, like what would you actually do, Eric? I think you get out of the way. You you simply create a platform where there doesn't exist this need to constantly police and shadow ban and oh, and but there's ban still and, there's still the idea yeah, of the algorithm sounds... that you're promoting behind the scenes of all that as well. Like so, that is the problem. And I think that's also the answer. Remove the curation and have it just be a purely. I mean, Elon has always forum. been a proponent of. He's the guy that has made it into most people's awareness that you should look at your timeline in chronological view. Like yes. he's the one that keeps on enforcing that. I actually disagree with that because if you follow a lot of people, like you just have to just, well, you're going to just scroll through Twitter, like just, just constantly until you finally see all the two. I kind of like you disagree with the chronological thing. Yeah. I, I'm not like a fan of chronological. So I like how, that. It's the option. Okay. How option would, okay. That's a great, how would you design a fair and balanced algorithm? Well, look, I, I think you have two options here. And I think these two options mirror a lot of the options elsewhere in life. Like, I think this is like a very common problem. I think you either, you either have to go full like regulation with like, like we would never accept if banks just had all our money and they black boxed it all. And there was right. no verification of anything that happened under there. Right. Right. But we, we should treat like speech and like a, with like a similar amount of need to have like that same standard. Right. Like mm -hmm. the fact that a company like Twitter is like more powerful in aggregate in a lot of ways than any one individual little like local bank. Right. But that bank has to follow such stringent guidelines to ensure that like it's not messing with the system because like money is very important in people's lives, but like speech is very important in people's lives. And like the elections and every, the way that Twitter interfaces with the world is very important with people's lives. So you, you have to go full regulatory, like strict transparency. Like you can't be having these slack convos beyond close. Like you, when you, when you make people like disappear from this public forum, which is basically what it is, right. You have to like have some justification for it. There has to be some sort of due process. Alternatively, you make the whole thing decentralized and algorithmic. You create like a marketplace of algorithms, a marketplace of like um, filters, you know, for for content, a marketplace of like how you sort and like Twitter. Be and, and this is how I think Twitter should be. Ultimately, this is the the route. I'm yeah, I want to make the of. case for that. You want to make the case for so it? That's yeah. also, so that's also just to clarify. That's basically what I curated yeah. curation. Like you choose the algorithm that you want yes. to use for your feed to be displayed in. Yes. But so, that's what Elon has said. No, I, I, I don't. I don't think he agrees with that. Like I think he said that that'd be nice, but he's definitely not going that path. Because like mm -hmm. there was some text message between him and Jack when they were mm -hmm. pursuing, and Jack's like, "I think we should go this way," and Elon's like, "That's a great idea." And he even has text with his brother, like, "What about this?" But then he realizes, okay, Elon's going to go this way, fix Twitter, and Jack's going to go this way, and so Jack gives three principles. That set up the, the the case for like why a decentralized version might work. He says, one, social media must be resilient to corporate and government control. Two, only the original author may remove the content they produce. 
Three, moderation is best implemented by algorithmic choice. So I think he's essentially saying like, you, you should never trust some opaque group or set of individuals, you know, that might have a proclivity to one party or another because it's a recipe for failure. It will always lose, even though we're a big fans of Elon, like in the long run. It, yeah, it's it, just it, humans. Yeah. Corruption. It, yeah. It, it, people aren't going to like it. There's going to be a mistake. It could happen within a year. It could happen within one presidential cycle. Um, so the, I think the idea is like this trustless version that exists on a protocol layer. So all the content exists on the protocol layer. And then you have an app layer with the algorithms you choose. And just like Uniswap is available on, on you know, as, a, as a protocol, they have their own app layer. And maybe that standard app layer is PG-13 and it's just in a timeline format. And I would think social media companies mm-hmm. would would kind of like this because it decreases your regulatory scrutiny when you have algorithmic choice. It decreases your moderation costs. I mean, their moderation costs must be out yeah. the fucking roof. And it's a pure liability. Like It's just only a liability, yes. right? And then you maybe build, allow third parties to develop algorithms or applications on your platform. It, it sounds like it, it helps you build a, a company that, that lasts a much longer time period. And so I think right. what, it, what it looks like is this common taxonomy of this is what an identity looks like. This is what actions are like. And this is what every type of content type is like. Here's text. Here's photo. Here's video. And it always exists, and you get different flavors of UI and an algorithmic choice on it. Okay, so it it sounds like it's safe to say like everybody here is pretty in favor of this like decentralized Twitter. Um, you put different front ends on. There's a marketplace of algos people can use and everything, right? But but the problem I see people having with this is that there's there's two reasons to censor, right? One is for like because it ruins your user experience, and like my users are going to leave the platform if they're seeing like swastika is all over the place. This is like crappy. So I want to optimize away from that because that's not the preference of most of my users. And I totally kind of get that, right? Like to, to an extent. Um, and I think that's solved by what we're proposing. Like everybody's just like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to use that algo. That's like very unpleasant. But the other reason people, like the reason Trump is censored, like Trump wasn't censored because he was creating a pleasant, uh, an unpleasant experience for the user base. He was censored because he was creating like, an existential threat to society, in their opinion. He was he was causing violence to happen. So I, I feel like for the people who are not in agreement with what we're saying, they're not going to be down with the decentralized algo Twitter because they're going to be like, well, Trump's just going to be on there. All his followers are just going to use the Trump skin. And the Trump skin is going to amplify him more than it is going to censor him. And we're going to have all this real world, world violence. So, so like, how do you solve that problem? Is that a problem that needs to be solved like what do you what do you think you're thinking that these tribes just kind of stick to their own app layer that that kind of like uh i don't know serves their tribe best is that what you're saying no i'm saying like ultimately no i'm saying like if that happens you're again there's like two reasons to ban poor user experience or like existential threats to society in a particular way Making a skin that makes everybody's experience better while all the incitement allegedly is still happening somewhere else is not solving the existential threat to society issue. So you would it seem like you'd have to have some base algo built into even the most like base protocol layer to somehow filter stuff. But then it's like, is that the solution? Who designs that algo? What happens if it? runs awry like we don't even understand how some of these ai things even work anymore 
people are going to like build like the you know, chat GPT to filter undesirable Twitter content. But what if it just gets some thing in its head and it's just like, uh, I don't want to, I don't want any content from African-Americans on the platform anymore. And you're like, whoa, whoa, yeah, that's, that's not cool. And somebody's like, turn that feature off. And you're like, I can't turn it off. I just learned that somehow. I don't know why. And then somebody has to, and then again, a human has to go in and be like, all right, well, that's no good. We'll tweak that. And everybody agrees to that. But then it starts deciding some marginal thing. And then again, like a human is well, I, coming in, right? I think you're, you're missing a step between, you know, uh, how would we would switch different, why would we switch to a different app in the first place? I think the, the reason you would switch is because you're very aware of what that algorithm does. It's very transparent about what it does. It might even be open source code of what this filtering does. And, you know, you'd have to market your algorithm. This is what we do. This is what we don't do. This is what we promise you in return. And hey, it's available on GitHub if you really want to check it out. But how does that help society? You just made a pitch for a user of it. But how is that going to help society? What if that algo is bad for society? And, And you're saying that might be the most popular one that might win? And that's what is scary. Like if, because if, if there's algorithms some, will be created that are not optimal for the internet. In I, I agree. But if some like Hitler-esque type, like right wing figure arises in 20 years and we have like the decentralized Twitter and half the country decides they really like this guy and they just go over to the uncensored Twitter app. Right. And then this guy starts telling people to take to the streets <laughs> and kill people. All right. Now then we you got have a, a then you got a layer zero problem, not a right, not a that, protocol problem. That, I, I think it's we mean it's a layer zero problem. It's a people problem. It's it's a human organization. It's, like problem. A, it's a bigger thing. I think it's a false premise. Like you, you can't like everything that follows it doesn't even matter because like what you're saying is like what if more than fifty percent of the people want to follow Hitler? Like that's what you're saying. I'm I'm using an extreme example to make it like easy to to grasp like. My, my, my point is that, like, the reason Trump is banned is not to make the user experience better. It's to prevent harm to society. So if you create an open No, no, Twitter, the problem is that it's in, it's in a, the eyes of the few. If you allow people to choose, then that solves the problem. It's in the eyes of the few curating to all of our feeds. If we get to choose our own feeds, then that solves that problem. How does it solve the problem if there actually is a guy out there who is literally inciting people to kill people? You block him out, but that guy goes and then like kills people. But the fact that you blocked him on your feed did not solve the problem, right? That's somebody's opinion that he even wanted to incite anyone to kill anyone. Like, well, do you do you think that? I mean, this is a good base principle. Do you think free speech should be allowed even if you are telling people to literally go kill somebody on the internet? I, I, I'm saying that the, the market of ads algorithms. I think the one that that wins and that serves to the top would probably maybe follow like a, a First Amendment type thing, and the content would still be there in the protocol layer, but it wouldn't exist in the UI. It wouldn't exist when you open the app. It wouldn't exist when you open it on desktop. I feel I feel like I'm like talking past you guys because I'm I'm still like even if it's a small number of people who use it, but somebody is using speech that you think is so harmful that it shouldn't exist online in any capacity. But because you've open sourced the Twitter, this speech is finding a home. Like maybe right. it's only that, like three or four percent of the people, but they're getting like radicalized to do yeah, bad that's a, things. That's a fair question, but, and, and we've talked about this before. Actually, the four of us, like, how do you even moderate free speech? Uh, we, like, do you use U.S. law when this thing is global? Like, it becomes very difficult, actually. Like, I agree with you. Um, you know, like, where we always land is like, well, we'll just use uh, the prevailing law. As Americans, we think that's U.S. law. It's, it's not always the case. Um, but, like, I think 
that's where I would land on it. Just like use the law of okay, the so jurisdiction. I'm trying to find a, a list of websites, but there was a time when I, I, I volunteered for a project called Project Redirect. And what it did, it, it looked at, you know, um, what you would call extremist intending behavior online, viewing behavior that did as you say. And through that research, they found that all of that already exists. You, you should see, so I, I don't have the, the websites in front of me, but if you look up the top uh, white power websites in the U.S., they get a tremendous amount of traffic. And one of the things that I did was I, I bought ads on there and cookied everyone on there. And then what we did was try to redirect their behavior, maybe show them a YouTube video of uh, you know someone who had been part of a white power group and then slowly made their way out of it. And so what, what I'm saying is like, this already exists. That problem exists now and we are living with it now. So like, um, I agree, it's a, it's a problem. But I don't know if it's a new problem uh, now. Like Ladies in, and in gentlemen, this solution. we're learning about Nick's secret life. First reveal project redirect. <laughs> Man, imagine uh, if Nick right Imagine if Nick. <laughs> imagine if Nick. I highlighted it even more. <laughs> like imagine That's if project amazing, redirect was like some other view other than something we all agree on, though. Like that. That could be viewed so, as like completely insidious. And what's fascinating, yeah. and it, it kind of illuminates maybe maybe your point, is that it was intended to go after Islamic extremists. And they started mm. looking at, the first had a study, how does this content show up on the internet and how do people find how it? How does one become a terrorist? I mean, literally, we were, I was like, well, let's target how to get to Syria. Mm-hmm. That's probably a good place to target these people. But anyway, during this research, they're like, oh my God, there is a lot of Islamic intender uh, behavior going on. But there's... In, order of magnitude more white power in the u.s uh type messages hmm. and anyway that's why we, we we focused on those two groups and by the way project redirect still still exists hmm. um and still still run strong um but in, in any case i just think it's it's a problem that exists now and it's not new to that type of protocol i think it'll show up in different forms like you're saying um and we'll have to deal with it. But I, yeah, I don't know. I always imagined, place. I always imagined that that first amendment piece would just be part of the moderation, however executed, but I always thought it would be part of the moderation of the platform. That would be a line. That would be a limit. We'd not allow the incitement of violence. We wouldn't allow you to say, go kill so-and-so. I always figured that would be part. That's of an it. easy line, but like everybody at Twitter decided what Trump was doing was incitement to violence. Yeah. He's not saying it directly, but it's a whistle. Right. It's code. He's clearly causing harm. Like, like the, the the counter to what you're saying would be that like bad actors would like abuse that. They wouldn't directly call it the violence, but right. they would use coded messaging. They would like wink, wink, nod, mm-hmm. nod. And, and they'd grab a big following and they'd be able to wield that. And then you wouldn't be able to necessarily block them because you'd just be like, well, they're not directly inciting. That's the standard. But like, could, could you see where that line gets like kind of blurry? I definitely It'll could. always get blurry. I definitely could. And I think like the, the last thing I'll say on this personally is that like, I don't think you look to solve every problem. You look to iterate to improve on on the existing platform. And I think like what you guys described as decentralized app layers and improvement on the current iteration of Twitter. Mm-hmm. Does it solve every problem? No. Steven illuminated some potential problems that could still exist with this, but it's like at least it's an improvement on where we were. Yeah. It seems that like either there has to be like a, a base layer where there's some stuff already built into it that has to get governed somehow seems like a bit of like a DAO problem or there's like a base layer like a zero layer that's completely open 
And then within every country, maybe there's like a base built on top of that. And then there's like skins on that. But like you're it's it's not an easy problem. I mean, it's a problem we have in crypto, which is this sort of like trustless, open, decentralized coordination is like an issue. And in the real world, we don't do that. We just default to uh, sure you do that. But we like have regulators breathing down your necks and we demand all this transparency and reporting from you, which is kind of how we compromise in the real world. Maybe that is how we have to do it for now. But Mm -hmm. it, it does seem kind of imperfect in in this instance so maybe to circle back I, I i really enjoyed this whole like what what could the future look like and what are some solutions was there anything else interesting around uh things that were revealed just oh, personally curious the, i mean one, files that you guys dug out because i, I read everything i don't know if this is like a new thing that got revealed but like it, like the 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 hypocrisy of it all it stood out to me like like trump deserves in my opinion and everybody like trump deserves special treatment because they are public figure, like the president of the United States of all people on planet earth, right. Deserves some sort of pleasant treatment, uh, uh, preferred treatment. And like Twitter does this already with like, like, you know, like the, the Ayatollah are on Twitter. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, like here, here's a tweet that I saw, like, our stance against Israel is the same stance we have always taken. Israel is a malignant, cancerous tumor that has to be removed and eradicated. There you go. It is removed possible and will happen. Not only was Khamenei not banned for that, that tweet wasn't even deleted. That tweet is still up. What's funny about that is that's not even against one person. That's against entire race of people. Is that worse than anything Trump has ever done? Like he's, erad- he's, he's advocating for the worse. eradication of an entire people. A thousand times worse. Like where are your principles? Like how do you, do you have any first principles if you were advocating for getting rid of Trump, but that's okay? Like what, you, you have no principles. You're just, you're just like, ah, this is what I want. This makes me feel good in the moment. So I'm going to do this. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the most damning argument I think I've heard today. There's tons of these. Like some of these are like There's many. They're, they're insane. Like I, I, I saw a, a bunch of these. Like, Muslims have the right to be angry and to kill millions of French people for the massacres of the past. No ban. Like, they, like you can go, you can find like hundreds of these. Especially once you start translating stuff from the Arab world, it's no secret that there's a lot of tension, you know, with with with, with the Jews and and even within various groups. Uh, within the like it, it's it's all over the place like it's just this a very selective like it's a bunch of like entitled people behind the scenes who feel like they're really special and they're they get to go on their crusade to help the world and, and they're just like absolutely missing like the big picture by like a like just magnitude something must have changed recently because our boy uh rectum just got a seven day suspension for one of his tweets on his personal account for saying something like sbf should die for what he did or something. And he, and now he, he got banned. He's running our Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a lot about So something is changing. Like yeah. just within the last, you know, since Elon took over. Yeah. Well, you can't, you can't say that you're going to kill people unless you're like, what was that? Solo. What that was this fine. France thing that you just said? Like I'll kill everyone in France. That Yeah. That was like a, that was the Malaysian prime minister. Yeah, he's <laughs> so he's like they have like they allow public figures considerable leeway who aren't orange, basically. Yeah, yeah, preferred you know. treatment unless you're. Yeah, their focus Trump. is not on actually upholding any sort of principles around censorship and free speech or being objective in any way whatsoever. They're 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 objective uh, using the different definition of that word. There, that's confusing. Their objective was simply to uphold 
their narrative and to make sure Donald Trump did not get reelected. It's funny because like what it took was that incitement of violence argument. And you said twice earlier on that that was the key thing that Twitter was protecting against. But I think all they were really protecting against and really aiming for their outcome was just to make sure he does not get reelected. That was all it really came down to. And there are many ways to interpret what happened. And that's still a super controversial thing. What happened? A lot of people interpret that in many different ways, but it'll always be gray. Like that whole thing of inciting violence will, will always be gray. The wink, wink, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, if you wink, wink, it's a code and it can be interpreted so many ways. There will always be a a way to kind of like circumvent these rules. So I don't, I don't know what the right path forward there is at all. It's a hard problem. It's a super hard problem. Yeah. But I like what Eric said because it's all about improving upon the current. You don't existing. have to get it perfect. Yeah, you don't have to get it perfect. It's easy to get overwhelmed and want to like have the perfect system that will work for our children's children's children. But really, all we need to care about is like what's better for tomorrow. You know, how do we improve on the system now? And I think still, I I, I may be proven wrong one day, but I still think in Elon's intentions have been good. I still think he's doing good work and yeah, he's fucking pumping up. Dude, the guy spent a lot of money on the platform. Like if he wants to drive new users and increase, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, average user time on site and he's pushing these metrics and why not? Like do it the way well, you I want to do it. I think it's a great job. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, yeah. I mean, for, from a first principles perspective though, we, we should be skeptical about Elon. We're, we're, yes. we're worried about these people having too much power, too little accountability, Elon could do the same thing. It's even worse in some areas potentially because it's a private, it's a private company. Um, you know, arguably less like, like ways for us to kind of get in there and, and see wrongdoing, right? So we should we should not let our guard down. I think I think what he's doing is good right now. This is good. It's good to have these purges to have people like wake up and see what's happening. But you yeah. can't like also just be like, oh, he's a good guy now, so he can do whatever he wants. He's no, no, that's just naive. That's yeah. just naive. Um, Maybe to wrap, uh, so you guys saw he was like getting booed at the Dave Chappelle. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. his stock is falling rapidly with a large swap. Yeah, I think it relates to something Eric was saying before we started recording and maybe just to like wrap there. What were you saying? You're like, why are people so like, what's going on? So, right? like, I, I was get, getting uh, bewildered by the fact that people are getting so caught up in, in Elon's like Twitter management. So, so much so that they're like returning their Teslas and stuff. And I'm, and I'm just funny, right? Largely just thinking like, why do you care how a guy runs a business? Like, I think it's pretty clear, but I guess you were saying like, can you please stop kicking the camera? What's going on there? It's my my cute dog. I'm not kicking the camera. I'm trying to gently nudge him to be pet on the left side of me. Come on, boy. Um, don't worry. We're still in the shot. Um, I think, I think it's, it's pretty clear. It's because everything he did before was not political. Now this is political to people. As soon as it gets political, fuck you. I don't want your stuff. I'm selling. People are funny like it's that. It's a layer zero problem. Sure. People are very funny like that. If it does, if the person that they're buying stuff from does not align with their identity and their political beliefs, they're very quick to to just abandon that, that person's... Uh, they see it as a way to vote, right? They're like, okay, I'm not going to give you my dollars anymore. I think that's what that is funny because that on the one hand, he became so popular before he bought Twitter. And like, I think his stock was at an all time high, you know, billionaire, right. super personable. I don't even coolest think of him as, one ever. I don't think he was a Republican anyways. Like, no, he so isn't. It's, it's like, he's never said weird he is. to like, but because he's not 
always consistently in agreement with these ideas on the left, he has become an enemy. I mean, you agree that he's fairly right, though, right? I wouldn't say fairly. I'd say he's fairly moderate. I'd say that uh, in I'd this moment, very he's like moderate. he's taken against the woke movement. Right? I would actually say he's radically moderate. I'd, I'd, I'd actually call him, I'd call him liberal. Um, on many areas. Yeah. But I, I think he's actually liberal. He's just taking a stand against the woke movement is, is like yeah. the way I would put it. Yeah. I'd say he's a little more left than I am even. Yeah. No, I think he's a righty who's strategically aligning himself in particular cases because it's kind of bad PR for him. But like, I feel like you don't think so. I, I, I kind of agree with Eric here. He's taking a, a specific stance against wo- yeah, wokeism and so what too. he called like the, the liberal like mind virus, I think was one thing he, he labeled it specifically. The woke mind virus. The woke he mind virus. He addressed yeah. himself. He said, I'm a very moderate centrist person. I, I go both ways on many issues. So. Yeah. Can I, uh, can I give a plug for the project redirect real quick? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. If, if you are interested in, if it did pique your interest, you can go to moonshotteam.com. Project Redirect was more of like a internal name, mm. but uh, if you if you're interested in it, you can learn more about it there. Since you, so how can we learn more it? about your secret life? Um, <laughs> well, can we do an episode what a cool on this? Domain, by the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is a cool domain. Yeah, can we include that in the show notes? Yeah, absolutely. Can you do like a live Q and A? Nope. You know, okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but but check it out. It's it's worth it's worth looking, and they do really important work. Yeah, man, um, it's cool. You did that stuff for real, and. Um, yeah, we'll definitely highlight it more. <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. Cool. All right. That's a wrap. That's Bye. a wrap. All right. Bye. Peace.